so I've got a, a series of questions um, uh, to, to help us kind of lead into this. The questions around, so the first thing is, um, uh, why do telesales people, how many of you have phone calls from regularly from telesales people? Any of you regularly, over and over again? If your landline rings, you know that it's nobody that you like. Is that, is that true? Yeah, there's only two lots of people who've got my landline, and that's people who are trying to sell me something, um, church members. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that didn't come out right at all. And I've got a feeling that the telesales people never, never ring me in the middle of the day because, because they like me and want to find out how I am. And I know for certain it's not because they're bored, although they might be. I've got a feeling that telesales people only ring me because they want something from me, even if they start the conversation with, Hello, how are you? I wonder if they're really interested in how I am. I suspect not. They, uh, they ring me in the middle of the day because they want something. And it's the same thing. I, 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 rem I remember, uh, have any of you ever um, uh, had somebody at some traffic lights approach you and they've got a bucket of water and, a, and a, a sponge? Anybody ever had that happen to you in your life? Have any of you ever given them money? Have you? Why? They looked like they needed it. Yeah, okay, so I wondered whether these people at the, at the traffic lights, they, they were there because they were concerned for my safety, because my windscreen was a bit dirty. That's why they are. They are put there by the health and safety executive. I, I wonder if that's true. Or I wonder whether they had a lot of water left over at home, and they thought, what can I usefully do with this leftover water? I know what I'll do. I'll go and wash the windscreens of people when they stop at the traffic lights. I wonder whether actually they are doing that because they want something. They want something. I wonder if that's the case. When you were younger, can you remember and think back to what was it that your mum or your dad most nagged you about? Just have a quick think. Have a talk to the person next to you. What was it that your mum or dad most nagged you about or still do, if that's appropriate? What is it that your mum or dad still nag you about? What do you nag your children the most about? What do you think? What do you think? Can you think? Or what did you nag your children the most about? Who's got a good answer? Anybody? Every night you had to do keyboard practice. It's come in handy. Did, did you ever rebel? No, 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 no. Your mum's too scary to rebel against. Brilliant. Who else? Anybody else? Rob? Always turn it, they'll turn the lights off. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, anybody else? Shut the door. Shut the door. Okay, very good. Anybody else? Do your homework. Do your homework. Yeah, very good. Did anybody ever get told to eat all their greens? Yeah. Anybody ever nag their children or were nagged to clean their teeth? I wonder. I wonder whether um, uh, my mum used to nag me about cleaning my teeth because she had nothing better to do because there was nothing for her to do on the telly. So what she'd do is she'd stalk around the house looking for me in order to make me clean my teeth. Or perhaps my mum, I didn't know whether, perhaps she had shares in Colgate. I know, I know of a church leader. They, they were part of this, this group called the Exclusive Brethren. 
and they were encouraged in their church. They weren't allowed to wear ties. They couldn't have, um, a, uh, um, they couldn't have semi-detached houses. They couldn't share drains with people who weren't Christians. And they had to have a little tot of whiskey every evening to help them to sleep in order to bring the scriptures alive. And it wasn't until later on that she found out that the leader of the exclusive brethren had shares in a whiskey distillery. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? But, but I suspect that my mum used to tell me to brush my teeth specifically because she wanted the very best for me. Do you think that's true? I think that's true, isn't it? And, uh, and, and as my, you know, I often say, if only I'd listened to what my mum said. If only I'd listened to what my mum said. What did your mum say? I don't know. I didn't listen. That's, the, uh, that's a kind of an old joke. I wish I'd listened more because then our dental bills and tra- trips to the dentist might be slightly less. On another question, on another question, Liverpool Football Club. Liverpool Football Club have got loads of What? Liverpool Football Club have got loads of what? Cheek? Trophies? Anything else? Pardon? Points? Very good. What do points make? (laughs) That's a whole other chat show. Uh, Anything else? Blades of grass? Loads of luck? Any Liverpool fans here? (laughs) Who plugged Mary in? So Liverpool, Liverpool Football Club, they've got loads of... Loads of things. Okay. Uh, Bill Gates. What's Bill Gates got? Loads of money. Anything else? Loads of computers, I would imagine. Anything else? Loads of spare time. Got loads of things. Uh, who 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 is the richest person in the world? Who? Jeff Bezos. Has he got a lot of money? Yeah. What is the what is the richest country in the world? Anybody? Is it the United States? Which country earns, owes the most money in the world? Have they got the highest national debt, do you think? Do you think so? Rob, I know that even now you're on Google, because you're already on there ordering your supper. Um, I, I, I trust you. So have, have a check. See, see, what is the American national debt? And while you're at it, who is the, what is the richest country in the world? Pun? Staggering. Yeah, and it's probably going around like a windmill even as we speak. Who is the person in the world with the most followers on Twitter? Kim Kardashian? Really? Justin Bieber? The Pope? Well, apparently, it's Barack Obama. Did you know that? 113 million followers. So that's, that's particularly interesting, I'm sure you can find. Which country has got the most mountains? Hmm. Chile? No. Russia. Very, how did you know that? Did you fly over it in a cloud? <laughs> it is the biggest country. So, yes. What's, what's the Russian for mountain? Not you, I was going to John. Garan. Is that, is that right? Very good. I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> my friend, I'm getting to a point in a minute. My friend, when he was a child, used to have, used to have um, vapor rub rubbed on his chest. 
That's exciting, isn't it? Rob, have you got any answers for us, by the way? 19.23 trillion dollars. And which is the richest country? Okay, okay, look it up. Okay. Can, you, can, you, can you be the richest country and owe that amount of money at the same time? Qatar. Uh, how much have they got? Okay. Oh, okay, okay. $116,000 per person. Very good. Could they lend some to the Americans? They could, they sound like they... So a friend of mine used to have vapor rub rubbed on his chest. Anybody else? I used to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another friend used to uh, rub deep heat on his legs. Uh, another friend uh, I know has used quite a lot of Prozac. Um, I know someone who takes Pyroton. Uh, I know several people who use paracetamol. I know a couple of people who use metformin. Uh, I know somebody else who uses something called allopurinol. I have friends who use an inhaler. Um, anybody, anybody use any kind of medication or health stuff? Anybody else? Yeah? Yeah. What do you use, Andy? Oh, good. Thanks for... Okay, that's not why I asked. I asked for the name of the thing, not what you had. Rapinal. Okay, very good. Anybody else? Yep. Insulin. Okay, anybody else? Well, that's very kind of you. <laughs> She's a pharmacist as well as a... Uh, I was going to say florist, but that's not what you do, is it? You, what, what do they call somebody who flies a glider? A glider. A glider. <laughs> that didn't occur to me at all. I think this is going well. Anyway. Um, pardon? It's not going anywhere, said Barbara. <laughs> Get to the point. No, 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 no. Calm yourself. <laughs> Hope deferred makes a... Uh, hmm. Anyway, yeah, let's turn to Ephesians. I think we'll stop, we'll stop there. Turn to the book of Ephesians. And, uh, and I've got one verse... And then we'll sing a final song. I'm like Barbara, really. I've given up all hope for this evening. I prefer the testimonies. Uh, uh, but, yeah, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. Uh, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Um, I wonder sometimes why preachers in the past would bombard us with um, uh, words about salvation and about sin and about God's um, God's interest in us. And of course, it's beca not because he wanted um, to sell us something. It is because of his great and vast love that he has sent Jesus and sent the Holy Spirit. So for God so loved the world. And some people think that God has sent Jesus to condemn us or to make us feel rotten or to just kind of inhibit us or to restrict us. But it's because God loves us vastly.
And this idea of, uh, of, uh, uh, of love in the scriptures and the different types of love that he has poured upon us and actually the sorts of ways that we need to respond in love, that we should have love for God, but before we can have love for God, we need to receive love from God. Uh, and then we need to have love for others, but we also need to have love for ourselves. God loved us in the same way that my mum wasn't bored and she didn't want something. She didn't have shares in Colgate. She wanted the best for me. God has poured out his love because he wants the best for us and not the worst. He wants to make our lives richer and not poorer, better and not worse. He wants so much for us and he loves us so vastly that he has given everything, everything in order that we might come to know him. And that's what Paul is saying here, if you read this uh, in verse 4, because of his great love, because of his great love, he has done everything. He has sent his own son in the likeness of sinful people to be a sin offering, to sacrifice himself to, to, be, to, to death in order to conquer death and sin. He has given everything. Why? Because of his great love. Why has he created the world? Because of his creativity and his love. Why did he send, why did he, why did he create humankind in Adam and Eve? Because of his great love. Why did he want relationship with Adam and Eve? Because of his great love. Why did he want the Garden of Eden to be filled with perfection of, of, of love? and faithfulness and commitment to one another because of his great love? Why did he send um, uh, Noah? Why did he send Abraham? Why did he come and visit Abraham? Why Isaac? And why Jacob? And why the people of Israel? And why the promises and the covenants? Because of his great love. Do you get it? Why did he send the prophets to call people back to relationship? Because of his great love. Why did he send Jesus? Because of his great love. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Because of his great love. Why did Jesus rise from the dead? Because of God's great love. Why has he poured out the Holy Spirit? Because of his great love. Why did Jesus, why did God um, send the Holy Spirit to start the church? Because of his great love for us and for others. Why does he send us to go and talk about Jesus, to be miserable, to make people's lives worse? No, because of his great love for people. And if we do anything in any way to talk about his great love but aren't loving, what's the point? Because of his great love. He doesn't want us to build great palaces to show his greatness. He wants us to love people because of his great love. We're getting to the point now, Barbara. Thank you. She agreed with me. But because of his great love for us. This morning the Lord gave me a word for the church and it's this. Be confident in his great love for you. Be confident in it. Talk about it. Sing about it. Declare it. Know it. The Holy Spirit comes to, to reinforce to confirm God's great love for us by his presence in us. He has forgiven our sin. How do we know? Because he dwells in us. We are loved by him. How do we know? Because he is with us. He loves us and the Holy Spirit confirms it. Be confident. Live in it and declare it. Because of his great love for us. God who is rich in money. Well, yeah, probably. Is he rich in knowledge? Yes, definitely. What has he got a lot of? He's got a lot of followers around the world, millions and millions, vastly expanding all the time. But God who is rich in love, yes, rich in mercy. Do you know what mercy is? What's that? What, 
we, we got a, a room full of intelligent people who've listened occasionally to the odd sermon. What's the definition of mercy? Not getting what you deserve. And so not getting what you deserve. And so God who is rich in giving away things that we don't deserve. We don't deserve the love of God. Because Paul says we are by nature creatures of wrath. What's going on in us causes us towards doing the wrong thing and thinking the wrong thing and being the wrong person. Being the wrong stuff. Something in us that leads us towards making those wrong choices. We don't deserve his forgiveness. We don't deserve his grace. We don't deserve his love. We don't deserve his provision. We don't deserve for him to hear our prayers or answer our praises. We don't deserve for him to be with us this evening. We don't deserve it. But he does it anyway. He hears our prayers anyway. He loves us anyway and forgives us anyway. And he does everything he can to, that we should know we are blessed by him anyway. He makes daily and appointments and appointments and opportunities for us to meet him. And we daily miss them because we're daily busy and distracted and bored and watching telly and watching Antiques Roadshow and Bargain Hunt. I hate Bargain Hunt uh, in a loving sort of way. I don't, love, I don't hate people. We don't deserve it, but he pours it out anyway, gives it to us, and he says, look, let's meet, let's talk, let me fill you, let me bless you, let me forgive you, let me pour out my spirit upon you. And we're a bit half-hearted. We're a bit half-hearted. We had a brilliant testimony from Mavis this morning about pursuing God and being filled with the spirit of God because she was hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Is that right, Maeve? Close enough. Good. Should check it out. Oh, yeah, she told it here last week. That's good. Uh, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Made us alive with Christ. The odd, the odd thing is, when I told you all those things, you know, the vapor rub and the, and the inhaler and the paracetamol and the obscure thing, my friend, when he was a kid, had vapor rub on his chest because he had a blocked up nose. What's the point of knowing what the, what, the, what the answer is, the remedy is, without knowing what the problem is? So we know about love and we know about mercy. But my friend, he had a blocked up nose, so his mum used to rub vapor rub on his chest so he could breathe at night. Breathing at night is not a bad thing. Another friend of mine had deep heat on his legs because why? He got cramp. And he had leg ache. And another friend had Prozac. Why? Because of anxiety. And somebody else had Pyroton because they got hay fever. And somebody else had Paracetamol because they had headaches. And somebody met four men, they had diabetes. And, and Alapurul because they had gout. And somebody else, an inhaler because they got asthma. Those are the remedies. And we talk about the love of God poured out for us. And we talk about the presence of Jesus given for us. And we talk about his forgiveness out, poured out for us. But we don't know what the problem is. We don't talk about the problem. What's the problem? We are separated from God by sin. We are subject to death forever because of sin. We are rejected by God forever because of our sin. But he makes us alive in Christ even when we were far away. 
And he comes and rescues us. And he comes to us and he brings us a, a, a defibrillator because our hearts are stopped because of sin. And he brings us a life belt to rescue us from the seas which are overwhelming us because we're drowning. And he brings us a map and a sat-nav to show us the right way forwards because we're lost. And he helps us by giving us somebody in the glider when we're in the dark cloud and we don't know which way up we are. And we don't, it's all gray and gray and murky and gray. That's about right, isn't it, Fiona? That's exactly right. It's gray, gray, murky, and gray when you're in a cloud in a glider. And it's exactly like that when you're in your sin. And it's exactly like that when you're dead and far away from God. And it's exactly like that when you're lost and stuck. And that's the problem. That's why God sent Jesus. So let's not just talk about Jesus coming and dying. Let's not just talk about how God loves us so much. Let's talk about how he is the antidote for our sinful, wayward, broken behavior. Our rebellion, our lusts, and our, and our, and our sort of just wrong choices that we make. Let's talk about what Jesus does and why he does it. I think that's quite important, personally. And he says, it is by grace you have been saved. You have not been saved because of your great education. Even though I think education is reasonably important. Do you think it's reasonably important? Is it more important than that? What do you think? Think more important than that? No? Okay. Reasonably important. I think it's very, very important, to be honest with you. And I know you're all thinking you should say it's very, very important. And I'm going to say it's very, very important. But it is not everything. It is a lot of things. And it releases people and it makes people's lives better. And it empowers people and equips people. And I'm all for it. But not at the expense of knowing Jesus, I think. Um, you have not been saved because of your social position. You have not been saved because of the amount of money you've accumulated. You have not been saved because the, by the amount of times you've been to church or the amount of times or the amount of cassettes of cassettes and the amount of tapes, the amount of CDs, the amount of teaching you've listened to. You're not saved by any of these things. You're saved by grace, the free gift of God given to you. Today's a good day to grab hold of it. Today's a good day to turn around and say, I need that grace that God has given out to me freely freely. Doesn't, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to suddenly stop doing this or stop doing that. I just need to receive his grace first. And his grace works in me to cause me to become more like Jesus and be able to obey him. The moment we say, if you want to receive grace, what you really need to do is to become more like me. You need to stop doing this and stop doing that and stop doing the other. We find it fails. It doesn't work because none of us have got the willpower or the strength to do that can't get my life in order in order to be right before God. Only God can help me to get my life in order to be right before God. Do you, do you, do you see what I mean? We, we get it all the wrong way around. So this is a free gift to you. Here's a free gift. The grace of God is free. Receive it today and the power of the Holy Spirit will confirm it in you and then from there on start to ask him what sort of things do I need to do to enable you to continue to fill me for me to obey you? It's a good question. Just one verse. One verse. The richest person in the world is the person who has Jesus living in them, equipped and empowered by him. Amen. That's enough of a